Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Today, we're going through the best investments we've made in our 20s, and some of them may surprise you. Hey friends, this is Queenie. And Pablo. And welcome back to another episode. So Pablo, what's your money win? Well, my money win is I got this massage ball. Actually, I got it like a couple of months ago for my wrist. I just discovered that, you know, we can massage ourselves like with this like very hard massage ball and in the back, it's just better than going to a massage place. And how much did it cost? I think it was $12. That's so good. But you can like literally have like a really deep tissue massage in your back. And like, I guess you need a partner to help you massage it. But after that, you feel so good. I feel like a few inches taller. Oh, that's great. What a great money win. Yeah, I'm really happy with that. And now, you know, literally every night, free massage. Free massage. Our small change portfolio is currently worth $503.47. That's really good, like already halfway to a thousand dollar. Right, it's growing, it's growing over time and you can also start your small change portfolio as well. You can follow along the journey, maybe find some ways that you can also save money in your everyday life. If you save $5, $10, $20 here and there, you can add it to your small change portfolio or even put half of it into a bank account that you can spend later and treat yourself to something. Yeah, exactly. Treat yourself and, you know, invest for the future. Exactly. Just remember that anything that we talk about in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't constitute personal financial advice. You can read my full financial services guide in my description. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our land and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. A high interest savings account. Since we switched to a high interest savings account, we can literally make a lot more money in interest. And our money's just sitting there making more money. It's pretty amazing. And we've tried a few different banking apps, but the one that we really like is Ubank. And the reason why is because if you've listened to our other podcast episodes, you may know that Pablo and I do like to use credit cards, but we use them wisely. We pay back everything that we owe in full and on time, and we use it to collect points. So we don't actually use our debit cards very often. And something that we like about Ubank is even though we don't use our debit cards that often, they still give us a really high bonus interest rate. So we earn 5% interest per year, which is really, really high. And the only requirement is to deposit $200 per month into your account. So yeah, it's really easy to meet the bonus interest requirements. Whereas with other banks, they have all these like exclusions, like make five purchases, do this, get a feather from a peacock, etc. <laughs> you know, so we really like it. Yeah, I guess it depends on what people's need and like lifestyle is, you know, if they're going to spend with their card or debit card. But for us, because we have a credit card, then that might be good. So what is good is, I guess, look at your lifestyle and see which bank account is right for you. So that way you can maximize your return because we used to be like with this other bank account and we thought we were making like really good returns, so high interest rates. And then we realized that because we were not spending on our debit card, we were actually making 0.10%. Yeah, it was like 0.1%. It 
It was so low. It was really, really low. So yeah, definitely recommend checking that. We've also created a YouTube video where we go through five high interest savings accounts in Australia. So some of them do actually have really high interest rates, but some of them do have a lot of extra conditions. But if you meet those conditions, then might as well take the high interest rate, right? Yeah. And if you're interested, you know, in like just getting started with very low condition with high interest. Yeah, we, we have a link below in the description to Ubank. And if you use our code Queenie30, then you'll get $30. Yeah, $30 plus the high interest saving account potentially. Yeah. And I think it's good. Like, let's say, for example, you have like a house deposit, which is our next point, buying our first home. And let's say you have $100,000 and that compound like 5% a year. That's a lot of money. It really, really is. And you actually have a friend that is saving for his first home, right? And um, and he wasn't getting very high interest, right, on his account. That's right. I was talking with him and then he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I got a good interest rate. But I guess he wasn't 100% sure, but he thought he had one. And then just by looking at it and comparing it, it was like, actually, I need to switch. And now he made the, the switch, got his $30 free money plus his high interest. And that really beneficiated him. Yeah, that's awesome. What we personally do is we have an emergency fund held in our high interest savings account. And this emergency fund, it's just cash sitting in our high interest savings account. So it's earning interest, but we do have that money to rely on just in case something happens to Pablo and I, just in case maybe we have to take some time off work. Maybe we need to have to see a family member overseas and we have to book a flight last minute that comes out of our emergency fund or if there are any unexpected expenses that come up at least we have a bit of a buffer and we don't have to dip into our investments so an emergency fund is usually three to six months of living expenses saved in cash and I know this is a lot of money to save up but you can always start with a starter emergency fund of a thousand dollars and then work your way up from there. Yeah, I think it's really good to have like an emergency. And like you said, Kuni, you know, it's a lot of money, but step by step, you get getting there. It can take like one, two years to get there. And then slowly you're going to build that. And that's why it's good to also have a high interest saving account. So you can make money and that money that you could potentially invest, but you don't want to take this money out of investment if you need it at a bad time in the market. Exactly, exactly. If you'd like to keep on top of your spending and check your credit score for free, a great app you can check out is WeMoney, who is also the sponsor of today's episode. You can download the WeMoney app for free and use it to check your credit score. And they even give you handy tips on how you can improve your credit score if it's not quite where you'd like it to be. You can download it for free in the show notes below. And yeah, any other tips for people looking to buy their first home? Well, I think you want to understand your budget and lifestyle and see what's out there in the market. I think you can just have like a, an idea. You need to do some research and see what suburbs you want to live in. I think that's the, the, the main thing. You want to narrow down all the possibility. Also speak with a mortgage broker, see what is your capacity, how much you can borrow with what you make and how much you have saved up in the bank. So I think that's good things. And then once you understand that, then you can look at potential grants. And I think you know all the grants, Kuni, so I'll let you speak on that. <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. So there are so many different ones out there. Definitely recommend having a look to see which ones apply to you. For example, there are some first home buyer initiatives that allow you to purchase your first home with a 5% deposit, but without paying for lender's mortgage insurance. 
And if you would like to learn more about any of the first home buyer initiatives, we have created a completely free first home buyer's guide, which you can check out in the description below. Yeah, that's a very good guide that has all basically of the, the grants that you could potentially get. But I think what you mentioned, Kuni, with the 5%, that's really interesting because when we bought our first home, we were told, uh, you know, we had this idea that we need 20%. And we're like saving, 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 got our 100,000, which was 20% at the time, and then bought our first home. But if we knew that we could buy a home with 10% or 5%, we would obviously be in a lot more debt but potentially we would have had more money leverage and made a better return on that money. Or being able to get onto the property ladder faster. Yeah, exactly. We would maybe be in the market like a year earlier, something like that. And that would have helped us in our journey. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's good to, to mention here. 5%, not everyone can get it, but it's a good way to understand that you can get into the property market earlier rather than later especially with those rent prices that are very high now. So it doesn't maybe make sense to rent as much as buying nowadays. Yeah, rent prices are so, so high these days. So yeah, definitely recommend checking it out. And the next point, I'm so excited about this because I think what was interesting was I guess I grew up quite frugally. We didn't really go on a lot of holidays or didn't like really go to the movies, have like a big budget for like, I guess, fun things. I think that in some ways it has definitely benefited me because it has made me more mindful, more frugal with money. But I think something really, really important to mention is that there's always a balance between spending money and saving money and investing for the future. And I think that that's something that people don't talk about enough. For example, there was this really, really amazing book that we read and it honestly changed our life. Basically, the premise of the book is that $10,000 in your 20s, that can go really, really far in terms of life experiences. Like if you have $10,000 in your 20s, I mean, what could you do with that? I could go camping every single day of my life. <laughs> yeah, you could go to Europe. Maybe, you know, you could go, I don't know, a trip around Southeast Asia. You know, there are so many places you can go with that $10,000. And there are so many things you can do with that $10,000. Maybe go skydiving if you're into that kind of thing. But now think about what could you do with $10,000 in your 90s? Probably not nearly as much. Even $100,000 in your 90s. Like what, what could you do with that? I can afford a, a nice comfy bed. Yeah, nice comfy bed. Maybe like a really nice walker or something, you know, like a really cool one. An electric one that goes really fast. Yeah, maybe one of those. But when you really look at that and you compare the two, there's one that's going to give you a lot more fun, a lot more life satisfaction, and that's spending money while you are young. I'm not trying to say spend all of your money. There's no point saving for the future or anything like that. Definitely not saying that. I'm just saying that there is a balance to be had. While it is great to save and invest for the future, it's also important to enjoy the money that we have now and don't feel guilty about it. You know, if you're young and you've saved up $10,000 to go traveling and you really want to do this for yourself, you really want to gain those life experiences, I think that's amazing, you know, and I, I really encourage people to be able to spend money where their values are. But of course, don't overdo it. You know, there is a balance. But yeah, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. And on another note, like, you know, these memories, they will last you a lifetime as well. So whatever memories you've built over the 20s, 30s, 40s, you're going to remember them when you're 90s, touch wood if you're still alive, and you're going to remember it and have a big smile on your face. 
Because you'd be like, oh, that's holidays in Europe. Or oh, that trip on a boat or wherever that is. Oh, that's Skylab, you know. That would put the smile on your face. And that's the good thing with experiences. And obviously, if you buy, like, object or material object, that might, you might be really happy at the beginning, and then over time, you'll be less happy. But with experiences, I think it's proven that you are happy, but then a year later, you think about it, you're still happy. And then in two years, you're going to think about it. And then that's the real benefit of experiences and spend money on experiences. Yeah, it's so true, honestly. So yeah, I know that this definitely goes against a lot of personal finance advice. Everybody says, save, 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 invest for the future, save as much as you can. But I think it is also important to take a step back. Think about, you you really do only have one life. And I think it is important to set some money aside for some really amazing experiences that you can have with the people that you love. And even just to treat yourself because you, you definitely are worth it. Um, but yeah, important to not overdo it. That's that's the thing that I would like to add. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the balance. You know, you can't just put all of your money in experiences of fun stuff and then not have anything that builds up over the future. And it's always like that. You want to, to balance it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're listening out there and you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and you feel bad about spending money like I used to, spending money on things that you enjoy, don't feel bad, don't feel guilty you know, it's important to enjoy this life that you have. It is a gift. But yes, just remember, it's still important to save for the future, but not too much that you miss out on this life that you have. Yeah, 100%. So what is the next point, Connie? Ooh, okay. Next point. <laughs> I guess on the other end of the spectrum, we have ETFs. Yay! Yeah, everyone is so excited now. <laughs> yeah, I know. After that, Traveling. Well, I think they have no money left to spend <laughs> I know, and buy right? an ETF. Yeah, well, you know what? It, it's definitely worth it to spend money and travel. And maybe it will take you a bit longer to save up some more money to invest. But uh, all about balance at the end of the day. You can start investing with $5 these days. So you really don't need that much. Yeah. And for those out there that don't know what is an ETF, can you explain? Yeah. So an ETF, it's essentially a basket of different shares. So imagine you're in the supermarket and you're looking at some lollies that you want to buy and you're thinking, should I get the strawberries and cream? Should I get the snakes? Should I get the chocolate? I don't know which one to get. But then you see there's a party mix and it has all these different types of lollies and chocolates and different things in there. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to get this one because I'm going to get some variety. That's essentially what an ETF is. It's a way to buy a lot of different stocks and companies in one package. And just like that example at the supermarket, if you were to buy all of those little lollies and chocolates and things together, you would end up spending quite a lot of money, maybe even like $50, $100 just on lollies and chocolates. But if you just bought that one packet, maybe it'll cost you $5, $10 max and you're getting all that variety. So it's a good way to get some diversity in your portfolio. It's generally less risky than investing in individual stocks, but of course, all investments do have risk. So yeah, definitely something to have a think about. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to make a lot more learnings by doing it than just by thinking about it and not doing anything. And in life, I think, you know, there is like, you can always change choice. Like you can pick one ETF and then a month later invest in another ETF. Uh, it doesn't matter that you pick the wrong one. There is no really wrong one. The 
wrong investment is not to invest in a way. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. So yeah. And if you would like to get started on your journey to building wealth and financial freedom, we have created a completely one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Free investing cheat sheet. So if you want to check it out, you can check it out down in the description below. So on to the next point, Pablo. You want to read it out? Yeah, well, in terms of ETF, you know, we talked about like lollies. And then what if you just pick one lolly? And that's where we talk about shares. So obviously shares needs a bit more research, I think, than investing in ETF because you're going to pick a company. But what we have been doing is more like research into our circle of knowledge. So, you know understanding like what for example like Warren Buffett suggests is that you will be looking at your circle of knowledge if you know like technology or you know if you know whatever you're using we're using like a macbook here to to read our script we're using these cameras to record our podcast and this is what we know and understanding this industry gives us an edge into understanding businesses that we could potentially invest in so that's the way I see shares. Yeah, exactly. And it's quite exciting too, because once you become a shareholder, you're essentially becoming a tiny, tiny, tiny part owner in a really huge company. So let's say, for example, you invest in Apple stock, you invest $500, you're essentially becoming like a tiny shareholder of Apple. And when Apple makes money, you make money too. And when the value of the Apple business grows in value, you also benefit from that. So it's a nice way to kind of like, I guess, get involved in what's happening in the world, in the economy. And it can also help you build your wealth too. But I would like to add that individual stocks can generally be a little bit more volatile and, and more risky than investing in an ETF. Because let's say, for example, Tesla stock. Tesla stock has had a great run over the past couple of years for sure. But it definitely hasn't been smooth sailing. There have been some highs and lows and has been pretty bumpy along the road. So it is important to just remember this before you invest in individual stocks because they, they can be more volatile, especially in the short term. Yeah, exactly. And that's why you want to make sure that you understand the business in and out. You know, you understand the cash flow and there is more things to understand because you want to be sleeping well at night. You know, if the stock goes down by 20%, which is possible with some companies, you know, you want to be able to sleep well at night. And that's why it's a different type of investing than ETF is more like, you know, safe and there is lower risk of going up and down. But with stock, it's like more volatility. So that's something to consider if you want to sleep well at night and you need to understand well the company that, you know, because the stock price isn't reflecting the value of the company really is mainly like the people that have invested in and that are investing in or selling. And that's what brings the stock price to go up or down, not the exact value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a very, very good point. 
And if you're enjoying this podcast so far, don't forget to give us a five-star rating and follow along the podcast so you don't miss an episode. So the next best investment that we've made is actually buying a $90 lav mic back in the days. Pablo, do you want to explain this purchase to the people? Yeah, well, that was for our first YouTube video in COVID times, you know. We wanted to help those people that was been laid off or, you know, were struggling to find a job in like the economy that was everyone was laying off people because of COVID. And so we made that video and we had like literally our iPhone sitting on our laundry basket upside down. <laughs> and there was a glass holding the phone behind so it would, you know. It was holding it upright. <laughs> exactly. So that was that. And then we needed to have a bit of better sound quality. So we literally bought this like $90 live mic, plugged it to the phone. And I remember the cable was really short, you know, it was like a meter or two meters. So you had to be really close to the iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to be really close to the iPhone. And then you'd be like, you know, the, in the frame. And that was our first investment. Yeah, that was our first investment in this business. And we were kind of scared, but I remember thinking like, oh, $90, you know, I could spend that on a nice dinner. Do I really want to spend it on a microphone? And look at us now, three years later, we've got our podcast studio. We've got both of us working full time, Julian. So you really never know where an investment in a business could take you. And thank you so much to everyone for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate each and every one of you. And Pavel and I and Julian, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you. So thank you so much for your support. And I encourage you to just have a look around your life. What are the things that you enjoy doing? What's something that you would love to make your full-time job or your, your work, you know? And maybe that could be an investment for your future as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I guess that's where come the Ikigai come in place, if you want to mention what it is. Yeah, Ikigai. I love this concept. So there are essentially four circles. The first circle is what you love. The second circle is what the world needs. The third circle is what you can be paid for. And the fourth circle is what you're good at. And where all of these circles combined, that's your ikigai. And that's something that you could potentially turn into a full-time job or a business that you love. And I think that, you know, it's important to have hobbies that you don't have to monetize, you know, because not everything that you do in life has to, you know, produce an income because you still want to enjoy your life at the end of the day. But if you are looking to... Maybe you replace your full-time salary with a side hustle or with a business. This is the way that you can do it. So highly recommend checking out Ikigai. And if you just Google Ikigai, you'll be able to find those circles that I was telling you about. Maybe it'll make a little bit more sense. Yeah, I think Ikigai is really important when you start a business. And, you know, if you are missing a circle, then that's important to find out something that has this four circle. Obviously, it takes time, you know. It's not the first iteration. Our first business was not nearly as fulfilling as it is now. And it takes time. But you need to try and error. Like, you know, it is with ETF. You, you need to get into the steps and then it will get easier and easier. And then, yeah. Yeah, nice. And what's the next one, Pablo? Tax accountant, you know, even in the boring side. But a good tax accountant can't save you a lot of money and save us a lot of money. Because first, you want to be spending time in our business, you know, what makes money for us is creating content. So let's say if we had to spend like five hours every week looking at 
taxes and understanding that, that's not our strength. So first, it's worth paying someone that that's their day-to-day job, they understand it in and out, and then can save us money without us having to spend time. So having a good tax accountant, having a business or not, is really useful because you know they can advise you on what is claimable and give you some recommendation oh you can do this or that and that's how you can save money by not doing that so i guess switching the mindset and talking to someone that knows about taxes is really important yeah a tax accountant a really good tax accountant is really really important and especially just to make sure that you're getting the right advice I have heard lately, and I'm sure we all have heard, like these days as people are submitting their taxes, there are some industries that the tax office is definitely having a look at more intensely. And you really, at the end of the day, don't want to be doing the wrong thing. You don't want to get audited in the first place. And then if you do get audited, you don't want to be caught doing the wrong thing. And quite a lot of people that maybe don't quite know the rules Maybe they heard something from a friend of a friend that you can do this, but actually you can't. And that's where you can get in a lot of trouble with the law. So I think finding a good tax accountant that, you know, make sure that you aren't missing out on any tax savings is important, but also making sure that you're not putting yourself in a risky situation and overclaiming on things that you shouldn't be, because it's not good for you at the end of the day, not good for you know, the tax office at the end of the day. So yeah, it's really important to find someone that really knows what they're doing and really knows the laws inside out. Yeah, exactly. And something that our tax accountant mentioned when we had them on the podcast is that making sure you keep the receipt of every single thing that you spend over the year, because by the tax you know, time, you're probably going to forget donations or expenses that you have related to your business or to your side hustle or anything. So if you keep track and stay organized with that, at the end of the year, that's much easier for everyone to keep track of those. So that's kind of an investment, I guess, of time upfront, but then that will save you a lot of time in the future. Yeah, exactly. And then you can just search through your emails. What we usually like is we take a photo, email it to ourselves, and then we just put in like receipt or something like that. So then when we just search through our emails, we've got all our receipts. So the next point, and this is one of Pablo, my favorite things to do. And like we mentioned earlier, we do use credit cards, but we use them wisely. And we use them because we can get rewards and different benefits from using our credit cards that we couldn't really get with a debit card. And this has honestly saved us a lot of money on travel. Like I'm talking like tens of thousands of dollars. There are annual fees with the credit cards that we have, but we always you know, weigh up the annual fees and the benefits, make sure that we use all the benefits. And yeah, it's just saved us so much money. Do you have anything to add about this point, Pavle? Yeah, I think credit cards are a really good thing. When we got started on it, like maybe five years ago, that really helped us book so many more holidays. I think we saved probably ten, twenty thousand $20,000 worth of flight just using it. But I guess it's important to look at, you know, the benefits of the card and then how you're going to use it because you don't want to just to get bonus points, to get bonus points and never use it. So you want to make sure, are you going to fly with Qantas or Velocity, Virgin, and then which credit card is right for you? And then after that, comparing bonus points with how much value you get and how much is the annual fee. Some credit cards are free and you just get points every time you spend some money. But some credit cards maybe like $400 and then you get like 120000 on your sponsor, so that's really something to consider and look at 
if it's worth it or not. And then, yeah. Yeah, definitely recommend looking into it. But also know yourself, you know, because they work for us, but they may not work for everybody. What we do is we pay back every single thing that we owe in full and on time every month. So we don't pay any interest. But if you're somebody who isn't in a position to do that, or maybe you're not as disciplined with the money that you're spending and it could get a bit out of control, then just trust yourself, you know, back yourself, you know yourself best. And it is important to to note that some credit cards, if you're not using them wisely, you're hustling backwards essentially because they do have these really, really high interest rates if you don't pay back everything that you owe on time. And that, that could essentially, you know, make you hustle backwards. So, so it's important to use them wisely. And we've actually created a YouTube video going through nine different frequent flyer credit cards. So if you would like to check that out, we have a link in the show notes. Okay, so the next one is our coffee machine. So about six years ago, we bought this $400 coffee machine and it was a lot of money for us. We weren't sure if it would be worth the investment. But I can tell you right now, I've run the numbers and it definitely has made its money back multiple times over, over the many years that we've had it. So get this, we've been using this coffee machine every day to make at least two coffees per day. Over six years, we would have spent around $2,000 on the machine, plus the coffee grinder, all of the milk and coffee beans that we bought to make our coffees and etc. But if we bought a $5 coffee every day for six years, it would have costed us $10,000. So by making our coffee at home, we've saved around $8,000 over the past six years, which is quite a lot of money. And you can pretty much double it because there are two of us. And in these calculations, I only used one person drinking a coffee at home versus having a coffee out every day. But yeah, those numbers are wild. Also wanted to mention, we sometimes do buy coffees out and we do love to support the local businesses, have a coffee out every now and again. But yeah, we also love our machine and it has been a really great investment for us. So if you are someone that is drinking coffee every day, maybe it's worth investing in a really nice machine or a really good setup so that you can have really, really good premium coffee at home, but it still will save you money over the long term. What do you think about that, Pablo? Yeah, I think having like, you know, this coffee machine, we never knew that it would last six years. And I think it's important to look at expenses that you have often and see ways that you can reduce those. Yeah, that's a really good point. Really good point. So Pablo, you want to read the last one? Yeah, it's actually our last purchase literally last week or last weekend. And it's a tongue scraper. <laughs> what is a tongue scraper? A tongue scraper is basically what the name says, a tongue <laughs> scraper. I don't think, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. So you like, it's like kind of a plastic device. You put it on your tongue and you just scrape your tongue and all the bad breath is gone. So, you, you know, if you're closing like a sales meeting, or uh, if you are with a friend, you're going to win more friends by having a good price. No, but we're looking actually on TikTok and like websites and stuff. And it's actually really good because, you know, you clean your teeth, you clean in between your teeth and all this. But you don't think about cleaning your tongue and there are lots of bacteria there. And I think just having clean mouth hygiene is really important. Yeah. And we've been doing it for a couple of days now. And I have noticed that my mouth just seems a lot more fresh. Like you don't scrape off everything, obviously. Like you scrape off and you don't do it very hard. 
but it does get rid of like just that buildup of like yucky stuff, you know? And something else that's interesting is like we can taste our food better. It's so weird. There are so many weird things that then this thing provides. So definitely recommend checking it out. It's a weird thing, but it's actually really cool. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We really, really appreciate you. Don't forget to give us a follow and rate us five stars. We'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.